Blog Talk Radio. Absolutely. 
I saw that with my own eyes, brother. A real live, uh, well, a real uh, uh, Nels Harper. Yeah, <laughs> he sure did. He sure <laughs> did, man. Vampiro. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't mess around, brother. They, they didn't he did need, not mess they around. Didn't no, they didn't need no stinking gimmick blade back then, huh? Oh, brother, he 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 created his own little gimmick. <laughs> Boy. Oh yeah. Oh, man. Well, um, I'm going to have Dave Meltzer on the second hour, and, and I'm going to talk to mm-hmm. him about The Mummy. Um, uh-huh. Let's talk about The Mummy down there. Um, what, what was that about? Uh, what are you talking about? About money? About... Uh, there, there was, wasn't there a mummy character in uh, Southern California for um, the LaBelles, or was that just Shire? Uh, as far as the money, as the money meant for him? Money. Is that what you're talking about? M-U-M-M-Y, a mummy. I can't, um, oh, I don't recall anything like that. Mm. Okay. Wow. Because in uh, the late 70s, uh, mm-hmm. Shire up here would use those monster gimmicks that, that they would use in, in Memphis. Oh, the, 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 you're talking about the monster, the, the monster gimmick. Yeah, the monster gimmick, yeah. you're right. Uh, Mike Lavelle did use that, yeah. It was a guy from Arizona, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm still trying to... Uh, um, I was rushing. I was putting up flyers a little while ago, man. Oh, go so I'm still trying to catch my, catch my breath, brother. You know, go, since go uh, it's a small promotion, I have to do it all, man. I do put up the flyers, you know, and do everything else that I have to do out here, man. Jesse Hernandez handing so out flyers. Jeez. Putting up flyers, bro. You know, gosh darn, I can't uh, depend on other people to do it. No, luckily yeah. I do. I, I got a few guys that help out, and they're 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 awesome, bro. But you know, I still got to make sure that the stuff <clears> gets put out. Now. Um, there's some news that broke today. Uh, uh-huh. CMLL, CMLL is extremely upset with Mr. Alex Kozlov for jumping to AAA, and they're going to try to have him deported. Oh my goodness! Well, you yes. know, uh, I, I don't know. I don't want to get into the politics of what's going on over there. You know, that's their <laughs> business. <laughs> but, but you know, but gosh darn! I mean, you know, they were working him well, I guess. You know, but I guess what Alex and I and I haven't talked to Alex in a while. But maybe he was looking at, you know, getting more exposure on television. I mean, you know, because of the, you know, he, he's now, now we're able to see him out here. Yeah. You know, exactly. we're on the CMLL show. I mean, they're so far behind on their television that, it's, you know, like, you know, he's really, yeah, he's working a lot. And they were, he was working a lot and, and stuff, but it was, you know, he wasn't being uh, seen by anybody hardly. Mm-hmm. At least not but here the, in the States the, anyway. The, pro- the problem with CMLL is they have three different TV shows. Uh-huh. And... One of them has the main event, the main event of the mm-hmm. Arena Mexico, and then it has like an right. opening match. And then, right. then uh-huh. you know, you don't quite, you don't get to see Alex every week. Now that right. he's in AAA with uh, uh, Sean Waltman and Rocky Romero. Oh, geez. Yeah. Rocky Romero and Alex Kozlov as a team, that's money. That is, that is. And, and I hear that they're doing very well. It's a great team. It's a, you know, what they're doing, it's awesome. Really good, and uh, you can see him up here in San Jose again. You know, and and I can understand Rocky. For example, Rocky, you know, he was getting nowhere with a gimmick that he that they had him on over at CMLL. You know, they 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 weren't using him well. You know, he was uh, he was very frustrated. You know, he he you know, he wasn't getting anywhere with that. Mm-hmm. You now, know, he was he was doing that mask that mask gimmick. Uh, what the heck was that? Uh, gray uh, shadow. Uh, gray shadow or something like that. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah, it was actually. I mean, I, made a, I, I, did, I went out to Monterey uh, uh, 
uh, I don't know how many months ago, and uh, and he worked as uh, you know Rocky worked as well. He was frust- he was frustrated even then, and that's been I think it was like in June I think it was. Yeah. Now let's talk NWA. Mm-hmm. How did the tapings go? You know what? I saw one. Uh, I was there for the um, on the Friday night, and uh, I was very very impressed. What a setup, man! A real nice setup. Uh, the matches, the matches that they had were awesome. It was kind of a, I, I, you know, old school. I, I thought they did really well, really well. Uh, and you know, if if, uh, if Marquez can put that on a, you know, perhaps on a better channel, I think uh, he will hit the jackpot with that with that uh, show. For yeah, sure, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, and it's different. It's a true alternative. You know, and and. Uh-huh. You know, I've been back and forth with with Adam. You know, I'm like, right. hey, brother, this is it. We got to get the word out. This is it. Yeah. This is it. Now yeah. is the time. Um, yeah. I mean, they 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 brought up guys from up here. They they used guys from down there, and they just didn't mm-hmm. bring in guys from up here to you know to do TV jobs. They actually, no. you know, focused it, on guys. It, it was a great experience. I mean, my guys are very happy to have been a part of it. You know, I'm proud of what I saw. I I, I believe that it's got a great future, and. Uh, Man, it's, it's, it's going to make a difference. It's really going to make a difference, you know, in in, uh, in everything else that uh, Dave Marquez has uh, done. It's a big stepping stone here. So, um, which which of your boys actually worked the shows? Uh, we had a well, actually I had a couple of my guys that uh, Chris Cadillac, uh, uh, the, the Terex, they the one one of my characters, uh, Terex. Uh, I mean, they, they, he was a monster on that. They, you know, he, he was just a monster heel on there, you know, uh, mm-hmm. how they worked him and everything, you know. And uh, uh, we had uh, Roger Rees, another one, uh, and and this gal, uh, Jan Nakano. Uh, she also worked it and, uh, on one of the three nights. And uh, I heard she, she did good. Yeah. And uh, they want to use more of our people out here in the next time around, so that's good. It's a good opportunity. What really surprised me, Jesse, is they used guys from up here. They used uh-huh. L.A. guys. They used San Diego guys. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they also and brought guys. And let me they tell you, they brought guys from Colorado. Colorado, man. Yeah. And, and yeah. Arizona. From everywhere. They, they had uh, Oliver John from up here, who is just an exceptional talent, which I have no idea why he's not in New York. He took you know on what? SoCal Crazy. SoCal yeah. Crazy, who is a very dear friend of mine. And, you know, they tore it up. Um, well, that, was, that uh, same indi- I'm sorry, but you know that same individual you're talking about. He wrestled Blue Demon on the first night, and he did Oliver? this. Uh, yeah, I believe it was him. Uh, somebody told me it was him. I mean, I, I don't know the guy personally, but was he did. He large a, he did and bald. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah that yeah, guy was Oliver. a great, great worker, man. Great. He did a hell of a job with uh, Blue Demon, bro. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, I, I was impressed with that match. You know, did he? Uh, very did he solid, do- awesome. Did he, he, he did a border, border patrol, patrol gimmick. gimmick. Yes. Yeah, he him, yeah, he did the border him, patrol gimmick, man. Him and Michael Modest are yeah. the, the best team as far as I'm concerned for the border patrol. They're just they, yeah. because Mike Mike knows how to get the heat and uh-huh. when they can both go. I mean, that that's not a question. Oh, yeah. um, Let me tell you, yeah. that guy's got a future. He's expressions, you know, because that's what I look at, man. When I look at matches, I'm not looking to see what they can do in the ring. I'm looking at the face, face facial expressions mm-hmm. and man, he had it, brother. You know, that guy's got a hell of a future there, bro. I'm serious. You know, and the, the thing with Oliver is that 
not just in the ring. Okay, mm-hmm. if you sit down, I had dinner or a after show meal with him in July, and mm-hmm. you know I sat next to him and and you know just the way he looks at you and and the way mm-hmm. he talks, you know yeah. he comes off like you know hey, I belong mm-hmm. here. This is what I am doing, and right, you know and right. he is he's really good. He uh, uh-huh. that night he had a match with I it was Shane Ballard if I remember right uh-huh. up here for uh, Kirk White, and it was just right. really really good stuff. And, you know, they did right. a, a double count out, double knockout thing outside the ring, and it was just fun match. And right. it, you know, I haven't seen Oliver for a while, you know, and he's in really right. good shape. Um, right. Guy's a monster, and he can go. And you know, I'm so proud of Oliver, the work he's done. Well, uh, you know, I like I said, I don't know the guy uh, personally, but uh, you can tell him for me that uh, you tell him that I saw I saw greatness in him, bro. I saw a lot of greatness in him. And if anybody's going to go anywhere, he definitely will. And I know Mike Modis from years ago, bro. I mean, you know, he's he's another good one, man. He, I didn't see him here that night, but uh, but uh, I know that he's uh, he's a very talented individual as well. Mm-hmm. He didn't work the tapings. Um, I'm trying to get him down there. I want him. I want to see Mike on that TV. Mm-hmm. Um, at least you know, at least to work with the younger guys. I mean, right. Look, look who he spit out. I mean, he he trained Oliver. Grime, yeah. uh, Crash, you name it, you know, he's done it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, this isn't the, the Put Mike Modest show over. That's the other 89 right. shows that I've done. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> but, yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. do you have a show this weekend, Jeff? I have a show, not nah, not this weekend. I mean, uh, no, it'll be next week on the on the 12th. I have a show in Covina. And, uh, you know, so we have a show in Covina. I got a then I got after that I got a couple of uh, toy drives. One in San Bernardino on the 14th, mm-hmm. and then on the on the 20th I have another uh, on the 20th I have another one in Covina, as mm-hmm. well. And then of course so, we got the big AWS um, uh, AWS show AWS AWS event. I, I, that's on the 21st. Actually, the, the 19th we'll go we go back to Covina. We don't have anything on the 20th. It's the 20th. Uh, believe it's the 21st that we have that the uh, which. Um, it's a Sunday that we have that big event coming up uh, with a, uh, uh, AWS. Bart. I don't know, with Bart. Bart's Boys. So yeah, man. Is, it's going to be an awesome, be your, awesome show. Is it going to be your boys against Bart's Boys? No, 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 no. He's, uh, what we did, we, he put together four matches, and we, put, uh, and we put another four matches together as well. Okay, yeah, cool. so, the, 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 you know, the, for the first time, you know, uh, I don't think I've ever used the Ballard Brothers. If I have, I can't remember. We might have years uh, ago, but I, I just can't remember. But the Ballards will be there um, for that uh, for that event. Actually, the main event is a, a three falls match with a title on the line for each pinball. Scott Lost, uh, which is the AWS heavyweight cha- uh, heavyweight oh, yeah. uh, champion, and uh, versus Scorpio Sky, oh, and money. versus versus Ryan money. Taylor. That's going to be Taylor. really He's good. He's got the Americans. Yeah. And uh, then the Ballard brothers are on there. Uh, they're the AWS Tag Team Champions versus the LA F something. You know uh, you know what they call Piloto Suicida and Shabu, right? I don't know if I want to say fuckers in there, but I, well, there again, I said it, brother. Yeah, the LA fuckers, yes. <laughs> the LA fuckers, man. <laughs> good old, what can I say, know, man? What can I say? It's going to be, Jeff, I'm, I, I tell you, uh-huh. that match is going to be straight lucha. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. It's gonna, because the Ballards hey. trained in Mexico first. 
Sure, sure, so, sure. You know, they yeah. can do the straight lucha. That's going to be good. Yeah, stuff. for sure. It's going to be an awesome match. Well, we got Black Metal, EWF Heavyweight Champion versus Brandon Gatson. Got the Young Bucks uh, and Liger Rivera go. versus Devon Willis and Roger Reese and and uh, and this uh, kid Freddie Freddie Bravo. And uh, then we can say, oh, there's also Navajo Warriors, uh, Skulu versus the Plague, uh, Joey Bryan, with uh, Vanderpile there in their corner. Then we got Jeremy uh, Jager versus Chris Cadillac, Terex versus Dan Kobrick, the Cutler Brothers versus Midnight Dynamite, Candice LeRae uh, and Carla Jade against Morgan, and uh, Erica the, the Rico. And, I mean, what, what else can you ask for, man? There's plenty of... Plenty of matches there. A lot of fun. A lot of talent. A lot of talent. A lot of talent, yeah. So that's the first ever, you know, AWS, you know, along with EWF getting together with this event, and hopefully it'll be the first of many is what I'm hoping for. Is this going to be in Bakersfield, or is it going to be at No, no, that's going to be at Bart's Place over on City of Industry there. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome yeah. venue. I love that place. So mm-hmm. cool. It's a great venue. It's a great place it's a great to be venue. an indie show. Uh-huh. Yeah. <clears throat> so it'll wow. be fun. Now, since um, one half of Anchor's Way has uh, come back from Iraq. Yes. You're still using those boys. Yeah, we are. We've been using them. We've we got plans for them on some of our up, uh, other upcoming events as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to put this shout-out. You boys are listening, I know. I still have not gotten my 10% for getting you booked with Jesse. So you uh-huh. guys need to contact me. There you go. There you go. <laughs> hey. hey, Jesse, sure. I wouldn't put them over if they weren't good. Oh, I know. I know. But they, yeah. they are good guys, man. We, yeah, uh, Red guys. and I, you know, Red's my booker out here. Cincinnati Red. I don't know if you remember him. Oh, But uh, he, he loves these guys, man. So we use them as much as we can. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, um, a few weeks ago, I, I had Mr. Kurt Brown on the show. And mm-hmm. uh, your, your your name came up. And oh. I, I just want to uh, to get your feelings on Curtis. Uh-huh. Mr. Vandal. Vandal Drummers. Right. Kurt, let's talk about him. I like that guy. He, I've known him since uh, since I was a mark in this business, brother. Uh, that's how long I've known him. You know, he used to uh, he he used to work for different well he had, he had different magazines. You know, he used, to, he used to write for Pro Wrestling Illustrator, I believe, and mm-hmm. and that's how I met him. I uh, I actually uh, he was uh, interviewing um, Coloso Colosseria, as a matter of fact, and he needed my assistance. You know, with uh, <laughs> you know, with uh, commu- with the communication skills there. You know. Mm-hmm. Because all, all he spoke was Spanish and stuff, so you know, so I helped him with that, and that was a lot of fun. But that 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 goes back to the we're talking about like 1980, perhaps 80, 19, no, probably 1979 or 80. That's a long time ago. He, that was before he broke in. Before you broke in. Oh yeah, no, before you know, I mean, I I was in training. Not not even in training at that particular time. I I was probably you know like kind of barely starting. To wanting, wanting to get into the business uh, uh, around that time, you know, I'm talking about like '79. Yeah. Have you ever gotten in the ring with Kurt? You know what? I think I might have used him on some of my shows here and there, but I don't, I don't think I personally ever got in the ring with him as far as uh, to the match or anything like that. He he might have come out to the school, you know, when I was being trained by Goliath uh, a time or two, but you know, 
But that, man, that's been years, bro. <laughs> long time, brother. It's been a long so, time, too. All three of us but, are old. Yeah. You know. But it's okay. It's all yeah. good, man. But he's a, he's a great guy. I, you know, I, I saw him over, I believe I saw him at the Cauliflower uh, uh, Banquet, and he, he, mm. he was running around in there. Yeah. And running around. Typical Kurt. Um, <laughs> Kurt, Kurt is listening now, and um, take care, brother. You're in our prayers. Um, oh, yeah, <clears throat> he's a good guy. I um He is, for sure. I, I can sure. I could talk to Kurt all day, whether it be on the air or on the phone, email or, or anything. The right. guy's just just got a different way of thinking and you know, it, it's yeah it's, it's fresh. Um Yeah. He, now, yeah, I remember uh, he, he loved he's always loved the Lucha style. That, 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 that's kind of what, what he was trained originally. He tra- he did a lot of lucha lucha matches back then mm. now he one of his characters is an exotico um ah. what, what are your feelings on 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 guys you know workers that, that go out and work the exotico style do do you enjoy watching the exoticos C- certain guys i do some some are good some are you know uh, they're you know they just don't impress me um there, there's uh, uh locally we have um uh cotton candy out here yeah, uh, that guy really believes in his gimmick. Now, you know, if I didn't, if I need, you know, if I didn't know him, you know, uh, this, uh, I mean, this guy loves women, you know. But when you see him in character, you swear this guy's gay, man. I seriously, I mean, this guy, you swear this guy freaking enjoys what he does and and and, and lives a gimmick. I'm, mean, you know, just about, you know. Uh, we had Jeff Walton. Remember Jeff Walton? Oh yeah, from the old Olympic Auditorium days, way back then. Oh yeah, uh, he he came out to one of our shows. Uh, I don't know, a few years ago, and Cotton Candy was on the show. And uh, you know, halfway through the show, he said, "Oh, Jess, you know, I got to get up early in the morning. I'm gonna have to leave. You know, probably uh, uh, you know, before as we go into inter- as you guys go into inter- intermission, I'll be taking up. I said, "Hey, hang out, hang out for one more match, man." <laughs> and, and he did, and that was a candy, the Cotton Candy uh, match, bro. And let me tell you, man, Cotton Candy. Went out and did a lap dance for these guys. <laughs> now, oh, now Jeff Watson was going nuts, man. He's what the hell? <laughs> have you gotten a chance? Have you gotten a chance to see Cassandro? Cassandro, yes, I just, yeah, I, I know Cassandro. Uh-huh. He does it very well. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, they did a match. Him and uh, Cotton Candy, which is Johnny Starr, they did a match um, just um, about three or four weeks or so ago over in Indio. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he's and, he's uh, exceptional. He he can do the exotical stuff, but then when it gets down to it, he can go too. Yeah, yeah. The funny thing is that that uh, Cotton Candy told me, he said, "Oh, Jesse, look at this. I mean, I got man. I I seen pictures of some of the gimmicks that you know that how he this Cassandra wearing with the, the stuff that he wears to the ring. I think I got him beat, man. I, I went out and I went and spent this much money, you know, and bought this real beautiful uh, outfit, and he showed it to me. I said, that, that's cool, you know." But by God, Cassandro comes out, bro. He outshined the hell out of out of him, bro. I mean, Cassandro came out with feathers, and I mean, uh, he must have spent. If that other kid has probably spent maybe three or four hundred dollars on his outfit, that other guy must spend a thousand. <laughs> that's that's what it looked like to me, man. It was amazing, you know how that was. How, you know, Cassandro, you know, the, 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 he put so much into his gimmick, you know, so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? The, the dress wear and and his wrestling ability as well, you know, oh, great great wrestler. Blow away, yeah. Blow away. 
I mean, uh, this past year for Ian Rotten out in uh, Louisville <clears throat> area and in, in um, Illinois, he wrestled in a tournament and he, uh-huh. he worked two matches against, uh-huh. um, you know, run-of-the-mill indie guys. Right. And just tore it up. Just tore really? it up. And I was just, I was, I was shocked because I've seen Cassandro do the Exotico stuff, but I've uh-huh. never really seen him getting down and, you know, right. doing it. Right. Right. You know, and this this wasn't ten minutes. Dang. You know, this is a good solid twenty and Yeah. You know, I was yeah. amazed. Yeah, they don't mess around. <laughs> <laughs> they do those thirty minute matches like if it was nothing, man. Thirty, forty five minutes sometimes, man. Yeah. Now I, I have to ask, have you ever crossed paths with Pimpinella Escarlata? Pimpinella maybe once. Maybe once. Uh, it's been a little while though. I, I, but I have met him. Okay, let's let's talk about my favorite exotico, Martin Marin. Martin, <laughs> the exotic, <laughs> el exotico, <laughs> exotico genio, <laughs> or genio exotico. There you go. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, yeah, Martin Marin. I need to take a week a week trip down to LA, man. I need to go. Yeah, you come out. You need to come out and visit all of us out here, man. Definitely. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Definitely hit yeah. San Diego and and hit Tijuana and come on back up. No, you got to be careful with Tijuana. Too much going on over there right now. A lot of, a lot of uh, killings and everything. Yeah, it's very dangerous right now, from what I hear. Yeah. And the thing is, the heat in the mm-hmm. ring, you know, is really yeah. strong. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, yeah. it's a trade-off. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. <laughs> so, um, are you um, bringing in any any talent, any outside talent for uh, for any of your upcoming shows? Well, I'm glad you asked me. I'm I'm very glad that you asked me, but because right now we're looking at February 27th, and uh, here at the American Sports University where we have our school, we got a we got a big event coming up. We're going to use uh, Chris Masters on that one. Good. We're bringing in Chris Masters. You know, hopefully make some money. Hopefully, you know get a packed house in here so everybody's happy mm. and, yeah, he's still uh, yeah. hot he's still, yep so he's we're still gonna you know we're, yeah he, he's still hot from television he's been doing a lot you know I said I, yeah. you know I mean he's working everywhere he's working Spain he's all over the world man oh let's not even get into Europe brother yeah <laughs> oh man my yeah. my partner is the ring announcer for Rikishi's group out there right and he's uh-huh. just He's like the crowds are so rabid for really? these people. Yeah, well, <clears throat> you know I, I get to watch TVs and you know it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. sorry, I'm in the hall, Jeff. <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> there you I had go. to let let one of my tenants in. Uh huh. Okay, so you're bringing in Chris Masters. Chris Masters. Um, uh huh. Anybody else? Since well, you know, we're gonna use, we're gonna use on the same card. We have this guy that looks a lot like uh, like Kamala, and one of the Lucha shows out here. They're they're using him, or they've been using him as a Bambalu or something like that. You know, it's just they change the name around a little bit. But I mean, you look at him and, and you swear that you see a, a young Kamala, a very young Kamala. So he kind of you know dresses up a little bit like him. So we're gonna we're gonna use him on that on that show as well. Cool, cool. Yeah. Now since uh. Adam and Adam and uh, Dave Marquez are going to be bringing in talent 
for the NWA tapings. Uh-huh. Are you going to be able to get any dates with any of those guys? I, that, you know, in or? I, I, I can, you know, uh, it's just that when they come in, they, they, they're, they're, they're like rush in and rush out, you know. Uh, yeah, some will work yeah. the first, you know, they do it like last time they did three days of, uh, well, three nights of taping, right? So mm-hmm. some guys will just work the first night. They didn't work the second or third. You know, they're like, you know, like Demon just came in for the first night, uh, and then, boom, he was gone. And, uh, right. and, and you know, and they're so busy with uh, doing those TV tapings. I mean, I actually ran on the same night that they had one of the ta- uh, tapings. I think it was a Saturday. And I did pretty good out here in San Bernardino, considering, you know. And uh, But, no, I wasn't able to use the, any of the big names because, of course, they, they were busy on the, about the same time. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot. Uh-huh. I know the answer to this question for other promoters, but uh-huh. for you, do you get the quote-unquote NWA price on anybody? Say, if you want to bring well, in a champion. Well, I've, I've been told that I can bring in, uh, well, I don't know about the champion. I haven't discussed, uh, you know. Anything like that, but you know, uh, I can get some of the guys that have had a very reasonable, reasonable price, from what I understand. Okay. I mean, you know, I don't have to pay the big I, I bucks know or whatever. That's part of the agreement. I know that's part of the yeah. agreement with being yeah. under the NWA banner, which it should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, you know, there there should be perks. Yeah. Um, not to mention, your guys are going to be on national TV very soon. Yeah, like for example, uh, if I would have done my show earlier that, on that Saturday. I could have had a couple of those guys come out, you know, out of, you know, I mean, you know, just give probably gas money or whatever. And they, they had said something about it. You know, of course, you know, once the, the dates came up and everything, they were so busy, it was just impossible to do anything like that. And then once I make the flyer, you know, if, if you, oh, yeah. you know, if you don't tell me with plenty of time exactly who's coming out, I, I don't want to, I don't want to run a show and, you know, and then just, I, I hate, I hate that, you know, where all of a sudden, you know, you have an, a person that you should have publicized, you should have promoted, you know, on the mm-hmm. flyer, you know, it doesn't make any sense. It Does, you know, doesn't work for you business-wise. Way. It doesn't. But I have choices such as that, you know, where all of a sudden I guess with... Okay. You there, brother? Okay. Looks like I lost Jesse. Um, Jesse will call right back in. I'm assuming that he just got into his car or out of his car. Oh, wow. While we're waiting for Jesse to call back, we're going to play a uh, a promo that CM Punk cuts on Mr. Brian Alvarez from David Bixenspan's um, podcast. You can get that at davidbix.com. All right. And, it, you know, it's one of those things, too, that, like, the haters who are like, you know, oh, this kid's going to fail, this kid's going to fall flat on his face, he, 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 he's too indie, uh, he does Japanese moves, uh, he doesn't know how to work. He can't work WWE style, which to this day I still don't know what that is because pro wrestling's pro wrestling, you know. And yeah, you know, there's Japanese style and there's indie style and there's WWE style, you know. But whatever, I like I'm a pro wrestler. I, I like to think I can, you know, just acclimate to whatever climate I'm in. But I, I think that was also a thing. It was like I debuted and I absolutely hit a home run, and they all went, well, well, let's see, let's see what happens when he wrestles in Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> You know, and like the same thing would happen in Omaha, Nebraska. And it, all right, well, let's see what happens when he's on a pay-per-view. And, you know, I gave you on pay-per-view uh, with tagging with the Hardys and DX and 18,000 people are chanting my name. You know, it's one day after another. Okay, well, let's see what happens when he, you know, he does this. And I, you know, like I said, they give me, they give me lemons and I 
Let's do next go. My favorite criticism from the period, from that period, I don't know, or is it necessarily criticism, was people at live shows say that CM Punk doesn't have a lot of fans. He just has a small amount of fans who chant very loudly. Isn't that awesome? Like, I don't know what kind of, uh, <laughs> I don't know what kind of douche tag would say that, but, you know, that, 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 that might be... Uh, <laughs> yeah, what a guy. I love him. But, uh, is, this, is this the same, this the same douchebag that uh, very objectively comments on me based on who I, who and I haven't dated in the wrestling world? Yeah, that, uh, that's a douchebag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever, man. You, know. you, don't know his, you don't know something from a hole in the ground, but yeah, whatever. We won't talk about him. We're giving him too much press anyway. <laughs> that was CM Punk burying Mr. Brian Alvarez. Uh, that's good uh-huh. stuff. Um, Jesse, back on the line. Um, back on the line. Uh, I, I, <clears throat> we lost okay. you. Yeah, now, I've run out of battery on one phone. It pays to have two phones here, man. <laughs> I actually go. got two cell phones, man. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Now, um, Mr. Punk there, you know, he, he mentions Brian Alvarez. Um, what, what are your feelings on sheet writers in general? Uh, you know what, uh, I think, well, you know, you can't, what can you say about, you know, about guys like that, you know? They, okay, they, you know what, you know what Jeff, forever, Jeff, man. Jeff, let's, let's yeah. do it this way. Let's do it uh-huh. this way. Now, let's first discuss back in the day, okay, before uh-huh. 1990. Before yeah. 1990, what were your feelings uh-huh. on sheet writers then? Well, you know what, I, I have to say that all my, you know, since I got into this business, I've been around people like that. I mean, I go. It goes back to guys like uh, this kid from Canada. He's a promoter now, and Mark Michel Star. You know him? Yep. He, he's uh-huh. he's one of the. You know, he 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 used to uh, he used to write this little sheet, man. You know, uh, he was just a teenager, just a young kid. You know, and then and, and he would you know what 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 he did. He just did the reports. You know who you know who wrestled who and who won. You know, and, and stuff. And so I've been around people like that all my, all my pretty much all my career. And and some of them are awesome, you know. And you know uh, what I can't stand is people that you know that that don't really know the business, but they they pretend that they do. And, and you can see right through those guys. But I mean, you know, these guys they 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 got credibility. Mm-hmm. These guys are very knowledgeable in the business, mm-hmm. you know. You know, so you, what, what can you say? I can't, you know. It's uh, so, uh, some of these uh, other a guy, a guy that you run across, Dave Meltzer. Um, mm-hmm. w- w- what do you feel about Dave? I love Dave to death. You know, he's a great dude. He's a great guy. He's, he's, he's a great guy. He's been covering this uh, wrestling for years, you know. And, and whenever they do a TV show about wrestling, who do they call? They call the expert. They call him in. You know? There you go. You know? You know, perhaps, <laughs> uh, perhaps there's people that don't like him, you know, because for whatever reason, you know, because, you know, because he knows too much, maybe. <laughs> and, and, you know, the... Uh, <laughs> That's all it is, you know. A lot of times, the promoters, you know, like uh, for example, WWE, they they don't want the stuff to come out, you know, and so they hate it when when they let it, you know let it out, you know, like that, you know. But what can you do? The guy's doing his homework. That's his job. There you go. Mm-hmm. No, his his opinion is valued. Um, yeah. But, you know, not just you know, quote unquote, smarter fans, but also you know the boys and and. Uh, promoters too you know right and and the thing is he has the credibility that that is what you said he has credibility and he's honest right. absolutely he's honest absolutely you know he gives you know. honest opinions 
and he doesn't yeah. hold back either. No, no, that that you know, you gotta respect people like that, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. th- there's a lot of people that you know, that they kind of uh, they go with the flow, you know. <laughs> they, you know, they, they 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 depending on who they're talking to, you know, it's how they go, you know. And it's it, you know, you should be have fun, and you should be, you know, uh, be able to hold up your own pants, you know, and and, and stuff, and then. And, 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 and treat it fair, and then you know, and uh, and be responsible as well, you know, uh, 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 without telling people what they want to hear, you know. I love, you know, you gotta be, you know, you gotta be on the dime with this shit. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Now, um, <clears throat> well, up here in Northern California, you've you've you have worked the the marathon TV tapings up at the Cow Palace in Oakland, and you know those yeah. five-hour deals. Um, both right. in the ring as as a wrestler or a referee or right. you know pretty much yeah. everything. Um, now, when you would work those those shows, those five hour marathons, what would your mm-hmm. payoff be? Would it be per match, or do they give you you know a flat rate to come into the building? No, uh, when I was with WWE as a as a well, of course when it was WWF, they paid me. I got a two hundred dollar advance for that night, and then I depending on the gate. Then I would get another mm-hmm. check for that, another uh, certain amount of money for that same building. Now I remember doing the Cow Palace and a bunch of others. I did a, a ten-day do, uh, tour one time with uh, WWF, and I mean there were some small buildings like a high school gymnasium in a place called Wenatchee up in uh, Oregon somewhere, or Washington. Yeah, be up in Washington, and uh, and that only <laughs> that was a man, that, that's all that paid two hundred bucks. There was no extra. You know, fifty bucks or a hundred bucks, depending on on the crowd. You know, and then of course you had the, you know, the LA Sports Arena that that got the two hundred. And then, and then they said they will send me another another hundred and fifty or two hundred dollars, uh, you know, more by by mail. Either like two weeks later, you get a check. So you know, so but every night, and then the way, and I, they still do that right now. They they give you a two hundred dollar advance if you need it. If you don't need it, of course, they send you a check. You know. Two weeks later, or whatever. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> now, um, I, I really don't like asking what the boys make, but what did you make to get your ass handed to you by Colonel De Beers? By Colonel De Beers? Oh, that was way back. Uh, I'm trying. I'm looking at. Uh, gosh, we're doing this for. Uh, at that particular time, it was two hundred and fifty dollars. Wow, that's pretty good money. Yeah, that that was what they were paying us back then. Two hundred and fifty dollars, and. And uh, actually, the stars were only making just uh, twenty-five bucks, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, yeah, because uh, they because you know they were being put over. Uh, they were the company was spending money, you know, to get them over, and and so then uh, they would make their money on the house shows. That's where they made their money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, television was used to build them up, and uh, the house shows was where they made their money. Mm-hmm. Now things are all ass backwards. Yeah, totally. You know, everything's backwards. Yeah, you know, they're, yeah. They're 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 working for ratings where they don't get a, a percentage of uh, of uh, revenue for commercials. Right. Then they're right. trying to plug these pay per views, and it, uh-huh. you know it, everything's ass backwards. It, but you know these guys are getting big guaranteed contracts, so you know what the hell. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're yeah, getting they're paid. Yeah. But uh, now let's see. I am running down my list here. Ah, now let's um, let's talk about uh, you working indies in Southern California. 
Um, uh-huh. who, who are your favorite indie promoters to work for, and who are your favorite guys to work with on indie shows? Uh, at the time that I was doing a lot of wrestling, uh, gosh darn, man, you know, uh, I, I mainly worked, you know, when I started, I, I worked uh, uh, for a promoter down in, in Tijuana by the name of uh, Jesus Sanchez, and uh, and I mean, I, I, I was already working for the Michael Bell promotion, you know, like selling tickets, you know, ushering, you know, just, uh, you know, like a like a gopher in a way, you know, but they would not give me that opportunity to get in the ring until I had my match, my, you know, my first match somewhere else. Nobody wanted to take a chance on us, man. So um, after, uh, after we had our first match and we did well, then, then they started using us. And then I started working for guys like Carl Lauer, you know. He was a good guy to work for. But, you know, he was one of the first few guys that didn't want to pay that much. <laughs> you know. And so, what, what, what promoter wants to pay much, Jeff? Oh, I know it. Really. That hasn't changed. It hasn't changed much, you know. But, I mean, I would go down, my, you know, my first matches out there in TJ. I was making seventy dollars, man, and you know, and, and, and for Michael Bell, San Bernardino would pay thirty-five dollars. If you went all the way to uh, Fresno or Bakersfield, then you you make fifty dollars. <laughs> and then yeah, if you were lucky, you you not, if you worked the Olympic Auditorium, then you're talking about one hundred and twenty-five bucks back then. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Mm-hmm. So, um, who who are some of uh, the, your favorite guys to work with back then? Oh, I'm trying to get a feel on, on who the indie guys were back then. Uh, you're talking about uh, guys like uh, like uh, Victor Rivera was awesome, bro. Ah, Victor Rivera. I loved Victor Rivera. You know, Black uh, Gorman and Goliath. Yeah, man. Uh, DCW, brother. Yeah. <laughs> and then Jack Armstrong, man. What about Jack Armstrong, man? What, what's the last thing you heard you about me? Jack you Armstrong know, is the Wild Man Jack Armstrong. He he could yeah. have been a headlining heel for WWF or the NWA. He was that yeah. good. Yeah, man, he, he was, was awesome. Good. What an entertainer this guy was, man. Oh, believe you know? Yeah, he's awesome, bro. And, and and you know Jack Armstrong is a guy that you meet for the first time and say you never met him before, you know. But you spend five minutes with the first five minutes that you spend with him, it's like you start to know this guy like you know you like you've known him all your life, man. That's how friendly this guy is. A great, great person. Great personality. Jeez, that's a name I haven't heard forever. Yeah. Wow, man, Jack Armstrong. Jeez. Yeah, that's a, that's a matter of fact. CCW uh, shows. Yeah, oh, that's a matter of fact. I've been told I got, I'm training a girl out here, Jennifer, and um, I think she wrestles. Uh, she, she trained over at OVW for a while. I'm training her out here right now. Uh, and anyway, um, uh, she's real good friends with uh, Jack Armstrong, which who I haven't seen in quite a while. And uh, and now that she's training with me, uh, and he told or she told him about it, and now he's going to come out to one of our shows pretty soon. Probably the next Covina show. He's coming, mm. She says that he's coming down to visit us, uh, and I'm oh looking boy. forward to, this, to seeing Jack there. Now, you are going to have to give Jack my number. Okay. We have Most got to get Jack on the air. You know what? I'll you know I'll pass that to him. To us. The girl is here tonight. And I'll write your number and give it to her and have her give it to Jack probably tomorrow. Hopefully she'll run into him at the at the gym over in uh, Venice. There you go. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That dude yeah. ruled. I love yeah. Jack Armstrong. Uh, <laughs> see, who else was there? Uh, Chief uh, Chief J. Strongwell Jr. Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, you know, when, when Junior I was Ma- doing booking. Junior Maivia. Junior Maivia, there's another one. Oh, Great kid. Man. 
great kid. Wow. Well, do, do you have a uh, an Armstrong, uh, a Strongbow Jr. story for me? Please tell me you do. Well, the, the, the only thing I can tell every time I book Jack and him, it's like we were repeating the same match over and over and over. <laughs> Those guys love working against each other, man. <laughs> it, it was hard to separate them. <laughs> I, I got too many matches on tape with those two guys wrestling each other. <laughs> yeah, I have but, to agree. But here, here, here's a good story, though. Jack Jack wanted um, Chief Strongbow to give this, uh, you know, this kid an opportunity, you know, to be seen, you know, like, hey, why don't you get him in the ring, you know, after the show tonight in L.A., you know, so you can see what this kid can do, you know. Well, first of all, I don't think Jack realized that the Chief Strongbow probably didn't like the guy using his name, right? You know, his last name is the... And and and, uh, and so he um, he got him in the ring and he put him against I think it was uh, for just a few minutes against um, gosh, uh, one of the Moon Dogs, Greg for five one of one of them and and uh, and as this uh, Strong was doing that little uh, dance that he did you know mm-hmm. <laughs> this this guy was hitting him on his back but you know he he felt that he should have gone down and he was still moving so eventually. Um, uh, uh, the Mundo grabbed him and literally grabbed him by the nut and picked him up for a slam. <laughs> and that was the end, you know. Jeez. So I don't know if that was, you know, I don't know if that had something to do with, uh, hey, uh, doing a favor for Chief or what. But, you know, nonetheless, man, Jack, uh, the, uh, Jack and the other kid are awesome. They were, they were awesome, awesome people. Uh, Strongboat Junior Man was awesome. Awesome individual. And I miss him. I haven't seen him in years. As well. Okay, I'm 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 going through my DVD listings, and and I have here, FMW USA and Mexico Tour 1992, and we have Eiji Izaki, who became Hayabusa, uh, Mr. Ganasuke, who is retiring next month, and Ultra Taro taking on Billy Anderson, Luis Spicoli, and Jesse Hernandez. What you got that on where? Where you what? I have that <laughs> on DVD, sir. Nah, you're kidding. Yeah. No, I have it. Uh, Hayabusa. Uh, Hayabusa. Before he was Hayabusa, when he was a skinny young boy. What What was his name back then? Do you Can you remember? Eiji Azaki. Eiji Azaki. Yeah. Oh, and, and we we did the mercenary deal. Is that Is that it? Yep. Yep. Oh, that was yeah. That was in L.A. I remember that match. Yeah. Well, I, I had no idea that that's who he. You know, I had no idea that that's who he was. Yeah, well, he became someone and then crashed and burned. But uh-huh. wow, let's let's talk about those shows. Um, you know, teaming with with Billy and Louis. Um, I uh-huh. know you were close close to both of them. Um, yeah. yeah. You guys were a hell of a unit, and you know, I'm really surprised it didn't go farther than it did. Um, yeah. How how was the heat for those for those uh those Cal shows? For for what shows? The California the, shows? Um, yeah, the FMW, CMLL, the the, the matches with... Uh... Well, well, you know, uh, the first one was, uh, was, I thought, was very successful, you know, and that's when FMW came in, and uh, the, it was the California promoters. It was Carl Lauer and his, and his people, you know. They got, mm-hmm. they, they got, you know, they got together with uh, uh, FML, you know, with, with, uh, with, uh, with a Japanese promotion, mm-hmm. and... Uh, and and somehow they the the very next show 
they they oh and they had used that guy of uh, what the, Benjamin Mora from Tijuana, and mm-hmm. so it was a combination of uh, you know of FMW, uh, WWA which was uh, uh, Benjamin's promotion, and yeah. for some reason they did away with both promotions and brought in AAA, and I saw. You know, I saw the writing in, in the wall, man. You know, oh, what a mistake that is. Because they don't realize what this guy's going to do. And sure enough, everything that I thought about what's going to happen certainly happened, you know. Mm-hmm. And he comes in with uh, his AAA guys, you know. And um, and he starts taking down all their banners and putting AAA banners all over their building <laughs> and turn it into a AAA television event. So that was the second show that they did at that uh, at that college over here, that university mm-hmm. yeah, over by L.A. And, yeah, they, were, and they, then, they, they did two. Yeah, they did um, a couple. And, and, and then they, then he started, you know, somehow they, they, he shafted them with talent or whatever. He wanted more money or something. And then, you know, yeah. they had their problems. And then they did away with uh, with AAA. And then they brought in CMLL. But team. The problem that they had with CMLL is that they couldn't guarantee them uh, who will be coming back on the on the next show, so they could not do angles, and that hurt them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they they couldn't uh, they couldn't come up with any angles because uh, uh, they weren't sure that that such a person was going to be able to come back. They didn't have their crap together, I guess. You know, and so that made it impossible, you know, to come back with something strong for the next show. So then eventually they kind of faded out. And, and and they lost money too. They lost money in the process. One of the guys had lost their house and Ouch. stuff, you know. One another guy got divorced and, and lost a lot. Well, you know. So horrible. They, it was you know, I'm, up, I'm, I'm going through the listing. I'm going through the listing of this of this disc here, and the um, the opening match is um, Izaki or Hayabusa uh-huh. with Mysterio uh-huh. Senior and Ultraman 2000, who is. Uh-huh. Or was Damien six 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 against yes, uh-huh. Los Mercenario Americanos? Uh-huh. And uh, the main event of that show was this is a dream team: Atsushi mm. Onita, Mil Mascaris, and El Io del Santo. Wow! Now that's wow. a that, that's a trio. That was a classic, man. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> totally. And they totally. they took on uh, Tarzan Goto, Negro Casas, uh-huh. who is still doing it at a top level. He's yeah. still doing uh-huh. it. And, that guy uh, has Butch. Man, his style is the same, you know. He's uh, he's he's older now, but he's he wrestles like a young man. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing. Has not his style. You know, yep. he has not slowed down. He's still moving as fast as he did 15, 20 years ago. And their their partner, um, the Giant Warrior, Butch Masters. Um, yes. Have you you've had run-ins with uh, with Mr. Masters before, haven't you? Yes, uh, I ran into him in uh, in uh, TJ uh, a number of times. Working on the same card. Mm. Yeah, that, that's a big dude right there. That is a. That's why they call him a giant, man. <laughs> He's a big <laughs> guy, man. He's huge, man. Yeah. And that dude, yeah. you know, he he made a big. Well, not not big, big, but you know, he worked Mexico. He he worked yeah. Japan. He worked here. You know, he worked. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. he didn't really, you know, blow up that big, but you know, he worked. Yeah. There you go. How about here's another name. Tim the Magician Patterson. Uh, from what I understand, Tim uh, moved to Florida. 
He lives in Florida now. Is he out of the business or? He has, you know, he Tim got into comedy work and stuff. He did a little bit of comedy, kind of faded out of the wrestling business, and uh, started doing comedy. He got married. I think, if I remember correctly, I think his wife died or something, and uh, and you know, he just kind of faded out, faded away, you know, and eventually moved to Florida. But and then this, I think, just moved about, I would say, four, maybe four years or so ago. Four or five years ago. Wow. Tim Patterson. You know, that guy was so skinny, but he had a little pot belly, too. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he had an odd build. Yeah. Just odd. I remember, you know what his first ring name was? Uh, uh, Kid Boy. <laughs> Kid Boy. Kid Boy? Not Mexico, yeah, Kid Boy. That's what they called him, Kid Boy. <laughs> God dang Mexicans. <laughs> Man. <laughs> I don't know if it was who, what promoter it was. It was down in Tijuana, and, and the first thing that they could come up with as far as a name for him was a kid boy. That's got to be Mora. <laughs> Probably. It has to be Mora. There's, there's yeah. no doubt. Yeah, I'm sure it was. <laughs> Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Tim Patterson. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so, then he went up to Canada, and uh, he became partners with that other uh, Patterson up there. What's Rick Patterson. They look yep, so much Big like Titan. Yeah. Yeah. They, they worked uh, as they brothers. Went, yeah, they were good. They went to they went to FMW. You know, mm-hmm. these yeah. these shows, these shows in 92, you know, that got got right. uh, yeah. Tim's foot in the door and Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it's amazing looking back at that, you know, 1982 or 1992 and you're seeing, you know, where these guys ended up and yeah. you know, who's with where and it's amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, let's amazing. So now I'm going to um go back. You said that, that you've you've not used the Ballard brothers at all. I gosh darn I, you know, every time we go to use them, uh I don't think we ever have not not on EWF. No, I don't think so. I I, I think yeah. we booked them a couple of times and then for some odd reason they couldn't make it or whatever uh, so we tried three, four times to book him, and but but they they were just busy somewhere else, so we never got around it, you know. So then you know gave up on it. Uh, okay, so, so when you and what happened was when you and Billy split, uh-huh. they went with Billy. Well, uh, a lot of guys went went with Bill, but, but uh, the Ballards were not around. They're, they're not with. They were not with us at the time. They they they, they were originally trained. That what I understand was in, was when they originally trained by Alex uh, Knight. Alex Knight, yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. A- A-I-W-F. Uh-huh. Yep. I, I, I should who, uh, know that. originally trained them. I, I should remember all this since I conducted a shoot interview with both of them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Man. But, uh, yeah, some of the guys, you know, when, when Bill and I split, you know, he, uh, you know, he, you know, he talked, uh, he talked to Tyler and then some of the guys, you know, believed in him and, and they went with him and, you know, and I stayed with, uh, with guys like Joey Ryan. <laughs> That was just beginning. Yeah, look look at him now. You you mean celebrity, Hogan celebrity wrestling, Joey Ryan? Joey Ryan, man. Jeez. Well, let's let's talk about Hogan's show. Have you watched that pile of shit? I have have not seen it. I heard heard it's good on on it, you know. I I have not seen it, so, you know. know. For me, don't do it, please. Well, you know, they've, I promise you that I want them. <laughs> they've, 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 they've bastardized what we love, and yeah, 
you know, it's yeah. not right. It's not yeah, right. But from what I heard, it's not, you know. That I haven't yet talked to anybody that likes it, you know. So that's, eh, what the hell. So that keeps me and nuts. Yeah, I, I'm too busy with everything else that I'm doing anyway, so I don't I don't. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <clears throat> now, um, it's been a couple weeks since uh, the the third year anniversary of Eddie Guerrero's death. And yeah. um, recently I've been watching a lot of Eddie Eddie footage, and I've been watching some of his CMLL stuff when he was, or uh, Juarez stuff when he was teaming with his brothers. Uh-huh. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot. Which Guerrero was your favorite to watch, and at one t- what time period? Well, uh, originally it was Chavo. I mean, you know, because when I was a fan, you know that that he, he, he that's about you know I, I was you know I was like uh, I was watching wrestling here live at the, uh, the old San Bernardino Arena, and he came in. He was just a youngster at the time, you know, and uh, and and he reminded me so much of my stepbrother. Man, same feature and everything, man. And man, and he he was very talented. He was young, so I kind of I kind of grew up, you know, watching him, you know, uh, and 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 then of course uh, 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 after that it was uh, Hector. Hector, I, 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 Hector comes in like like second, and then, but you know, I I remember he, uh, being in the ring with all all the the Guerreros at the same time, except the father. And this is uh, shortly before the father died. It was here in San Bernardino. We were doing the wind taping, and I wrestled as uh, Bonsai, this Oriental gimmick that I had at the time. And uh, believe it or not, the, uh, the whole of uh, Eddie and all the Guerreros did a they did a pyramid on top of me, man. <laughs> and I was at the very bottom of the damn pyramid, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and they had me in the corner, brother. And they were all on top of me, man. But you know what? It, it, what an exciting night that was. And and you know, and to see that young man, you know. And that's about the time uh, Eddie started, you know, and what he turned out to be, brother. Wow. I, I You know, it's, I have never, awesome. ever seen the amount of heat that the Gringos Locos have gotten. Oh, yeah. In 93 and 94. I mean, they had yeah. new riots up here for house shows yeah. in San Jose. I mean, yeah. unbelievable. Imagine that on a national scale. Yeah. No, they, they, you know, they, they, they were They were hot, man. Oh, you know, man, mm-hmm. and uh, and how I praise Eddie. You know, anybody that wants to be a wrestler, you know, they they should certainly sit down and watch a lot of Eddie Guerrero matches. Man, they will learn so much from him. You know, mm-hmm. he, he has such hey, love. Chavo even, you know, yeah, Chavo. You watch 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 Chavo in Mid South. Yeah, okay, he's in there with these big lumbering guys doing this huh? the the lucha rolls and all this other yeah. stuff. Right, just unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. yeah, I know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Chavo, Chavo was my was my father's favorite Guerrero. Really, and yeah. you know, uh, Ch- Chavo Senior still has a hell of a following, man. You know, mm-hmm. I brought him a number of a couple of times out here to uh to San Bernardino to uh actually San Bernardino and Covina both, you know, and and they got a he's got a he's got a following, bro. He's got a following of people, man. All of a sudden, I see people that I remember their faces at the old Olympic Auditorium. <laughs> they come out of hiding, brother, in case, to come out and watch uh, Shavu wrestle, man. With grandchildren. Yeah, with, with the grandkids, exactly. Yeah, yeah amazing. That's it. Amazing, man. Now, um, but before we get, get rolling, um, let's, uh, let's talk about one of my dad's favorites from up here in uh, uh-huh. the late 70s. Um, and then he made his way up to Portland and Texas, Mr. Alberto Madrill. 
Oh, Albert. Any, any Almadryl stories, please share one with me. Well, you know, uh, Almadryl has really stayed away from the business. There, there was a write-up on the, on the Sun paper here in, in uh, San Bernardino, I would say, about maybe six years or so ago. And, uh, and it just had pictures of him, you know, as a security guard over at, uh, at a, a hospital, St. Anthony's Hospital over in Ontario. That's where he works now, you know. And uh, I, I, I have a friend uh, from where I work, and, uh, and she, she, her and her brother grew up with uh, Madrill, you know. So they, they know him, and they, they see him every once in a while. And I've been trying to, you know, to, to get her to, well, she, she's asked him a number of times for Al to come out. You know, I know that uh, they were interested in him going to the, uh, to the cauliflower uh, deal, you know, and I sent a message to him. But no, he, it's almost like he doesn't want anything to do with the business. And um, it's just unbelievable. I, one of the last territories that he worked with was in Oregon, and I, I remember Sandy, uh, uh, Sandy Barr. Sandy Barr. Uh, Sandy Barr called me one time. Said, yeah, I got, uh, I got uh, his uh, Almagino's uh, tax paperwork and everything. Yeah, I need to get it to him. You know, is it possible? Is there any way that you can help me with this? I said, well, send it to me, and I'll get it to him one way or another. And this was years and years ago. You know. Wow. But he just well, you know, Al Al needs to come in and and just do a seminar on promos. Uh-huh. You know, he has that 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 bitter Latino mm-hmm. gentleman character down. I loved his work in Oregon. He was such a bitter guy and so believable. Yeah. He was so good. Yeah. I miss him. I do too, man. I I grew up, you know, in my when I first uh, got back into uh, watching wrestling. You know, I mean. Because I, I watched wrestling when I was a kid, and then I kind of faded. It kind of went away from it, you know, because I became a teenager, and I wanted to go out there and party and all that good stuff, you know. So, so I came back to it, you know. So it was when I came back that, that I remember guys like Chavo and El Madrill and, of course, you know, guys like, uh, yeah, again, Freddie Blassie. But I remember seeing Freddie Blassie when I was a kid over in Watsonville. I used to live in Salinas, and uh, we used to go to the wrestling matches in Watsonville, a small little auditorium that they have up there, or they had up there, and... Uh, and I heard a story when they uh, that they they had bleachers, not not bleachers, but benches instead of chairs, because mm-hmm. there was a lot of Filipino people out here out in that area. I mean, and so the promoters thought they could they could get more asses in those seats if they they, they used benches. That <laughs> 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 if they used them, then the god darn feces. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, can you believe that? <laughs> oh, the hell with the chairs. Put put benches. <laughs> Put more there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, Jess, we're going to wrap up, brother. Um, uh-huh. EmpireWrestlingFederation.com. Nice and easy. Up. Very easy. Very easy. If you're if you're anywhere um, in the Southern California area and you want to get trained, uh, Jesse's one of the best. Uh, I put yeah. him up there with Lance Storm and Buddy Wayne, and Rip Rogers is one of the wow. top trainers in the business. Well, um, it, just it, because I've, I've I've seen your boys firsthand, so yeah, and I mean, Jess, it's always boys, fun to man. have you on. Thank so, you so uh, much. We'll, Thank you for well, the compliment. We'll, we'll have to get you on uh, probably next month, and um, if I don't yeah. speak to you, brother, enjoy your yeah. holidays, and and hopefully your toy drive. You know, you 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 know, you bring in some toys and money for the for the children, and Absolutely. you know, good luck That's with your shows, point. and and uh, we'll be you. talking to you very soon, Jess. Thank you so much, Casey. You enjoy the holidays, brother. All right. You thanks. Take care now. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right. That was Jesse Hernandez.
wow. It's always fun to have Jess on the line. Um, let's see, caller from the 360 area code. Who am I speaking with? Uh, I, I just wanted to talk to Dave Meltzer. Uh, Dave's not on quite yet. I got a question for him. Uh, he'll be on the line in a few minutes. Uh, he's well, just can, finishing watching Impact. Can, so you ask, on in a few can, you, he's, can you ask him a question for me? Sure. I just want to know if he's ever been lost in the woods. <laughs> nice try. All righty, caller from the 518. Who am I speaking with? Uh. Okay. F- caller from the 518. Nope, I lost you. All right, well, that was Jesse Hernandez. Uh, we're waiting for Mr. Dave Meltzer to call in. Like I said, um, Dave's finishing up Impact probably writing a review, either that or he's pulling his hair out, one or the other. Wow. Okay, we have a caller from the 518. Caller from New York. Who am I speaking with? Yeah, I'm just waiting for Dave. Yeah, we're waiting for Dave, too. He's just finishing up his impact, so. Like, how many minutes say, if I call back, would that be cool? I would say 10 minutes. 10 minutes? Yeah, he's probably just typing up his review and, you know, trying to uh, replace the hair that he pulled out. Yeah, I know. It was a bad show. Were you watching? Uh, no. No way, dude. It's it's 8 o'clock here, and I'm not even going to stomach it, so I'm yeah, going to attempt to. All right. But, well, I'll um, try to call back in 10 minutes. Yeah, call back in about 10. All right. Thanks. Talk to you later, right, Thanks, brother. Okay. Let's go to the Skype caller. Skype caller, who am I speaking with? Uh, this, is Dave, this is Dave Meltzer. Hey, Dave. Welcome to Rebel Guard. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing fine. What's going on? How was uh, Impact? Uh, it was pretty pretty good. Um, the wrestling was better than usual and um, way too much talking, but, but the talking is, is generally pretty good. You know, there was um, some annoying stuff like usual on TNA, you know, kind of like a lot of inside stuff and bad math and, <laughs> you know, things like that. Hey, you know what? I'll take your word for it, man. I, mm-hmm. I can't. I can't do it. And the the sad thing is I can't even listen to the Brian and Vinny show when they review it. I can't mm-hmm. even do that. And yeah, it's bad. But I do have a message from Mr. Jesse Hernandez. He he throws a shot out and says, hello, I had Jesse on the first hour. Oh, cool. <clears throat> All right. Well, what we're going to do is we're not going to talk about the current stuff because that's no fun. We're going to talk about back in the day. Oh, um, that's cool. I can always talk about that too. Oh, well, you um, – you were a fan like I was out here. Um, my first my first match that I went to live was the 1980 Cal Palace Battle Royal. Oh, was it a Shire Battle Royal or a Vern Gagne Battle Royal? Shire. Okay, so you you got the tail end of it. Yep, the last one. Yeah, now, yeah. I mean, I, I started I started going to the Shire Battle Royals in um, I think seventy two. I don't I think yeah it wasn't it would have been seventy one it would have been seventy two was the first one I went to. Jeez. So you hit every one, or? Yeah, I don't think I missed one from from seventy two to, to eighty. I didn't, I didn't, you know. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't imagine I would have missed any. There might, have, there might have been one in there, but I seem to remember most of them pretty, pretty clearly. It's amazing, you know. That was their 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 big show of every year, and it, you know the matches were always fun, um, mm-hmm. just because of the people they brought in, and you know it's just and they drew the crowds were. I mean, Dave, you were there. I mean, geez, you, you talked yeah, about the, 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 until uh, the last two or three years, uh, it was pretty much a sellout. 
You know, I would think every battle. I mean, the battle royal was pretty much an automatic sellout. The last one was not. The things were, but even like two years before the end, it was still uh, pretty much uh, full houses. I think. Um, and yeah, yeah, it was like the big event of the year. And 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 for for even like long after the Shires promotion was done, like with with the AWA and and with um, when Crockett would come in or um, or WWF, uh, if they would do a battle royal, it would always. Um, pretty much packed the house just because that term Battle Royal was so over from, you know, Shires. And, and, you know, everyone knows that the Shires, the Roy Shire Battle Royals are what, you know, is basically the forerunner of the Royal Rumble. You know, it's because Pat Patterson worked here the whole time. And, you know, it was the, you know, the same time, the, the third or fourth Saturday of, of um, you know, Sunday, but it was Saturday of uh, January, same time of the year, same, not so much the same kind of buildup now, but if you watch the original buildup of the Royal Rumbles um, when they first started in the late 80s, the buildup was very similar to a Cow Palace Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I mentioned to Jesse earlier earlier on the show that um, that uh, Alex Kozlov is going to end up having uh, visa issues. Um, you know, I, I read it in this week's Observer that... Uh, yeah, yeah, CML's threat, I guess, is threatening to uh, to get him out of the country since they have his working papers. That's dirty. Yeah, it's um it's a nasty promotional war down there. It's it's happened before. Um usually it's more threats than they actually go through with it. But we'll see what I, I, I kinda think that, that may be how it turns out here too. I don't know. But yeah, I think that they weren't happy that, you know, he, he's jumped promotions. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, are you able do you watch Triple A? Sometimes. I mean I don't watch I mean I, I, I D V R it and then I watch um you know, I watch some of it most weeks, yeah. Have you caught in any of the Degeneration Mech stuff? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're Rocky Rocky and Alex are a real good team. Yeah. They're yeah. really fun. And um it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with them. Um so, you know, with Conan doing the what, what do you feel about uh Conan uh what he's doing with the with the world title? I'm kinda Well, know, I don't like it that. being done the way it is, but you know, I mean, with Cybernetico ending up leaving, I guess it turned out it was okay. You know, because so you know, it's it's their, their storyline thing and everything. Um, you know, but um, yeah, I don't know exactly how how the I think it's going down at uh, the next big show. I think in like this this week or something. So, so is there any word of them coming back up here? I haven't heard anything at all. So no, I don't think so. You know, it's just it's just hard. They didn't do nearly as well as they expected the last time. You know, so I think that kind of soured them. You know, they they did okay. I mean, it's just the market for live wrestling is it's 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 very tough right now. I I'm not sure, um, and it's not going to be it's going to be harder now than it was when they came too. So, wouldn't be the time to come. Did they did they promote it themselves or did they use local promoters? They had local promoters, and um, I don't know. I mean, it's hard for me to say that the promotion wasn't that good because. They promoted to a different community than like I'm in, so I didn't see anything at all. But they were promoted to the Mexican side of town, and right. um, so I, you know, I mean, I, I just remember when they when they came in here in the, um, you know, 15 years ago, and I thought, oh my God, you know, there's no promotion at all. And then I went, you know, I go into the building, and all of a sudden there's 5,000 people there, you know, packed. So it's it's like I, you, you just don't see that. And then the people who promoted it, you know, um, in, in San Jose, they promote all the Mexican concerts. So they know how to promote. So um, it's just, I think that part of the problem was they went to the arena, and the ticket prices were very high. And, um, you know, I think that um, 
that they may be able to do something where if they went to San Jose State Gym, you know, which holds, you know, 4,500, 5,000, they could go there and pack it. But, you know, at the arena where they did maybe 5,000 people, it doesn't look so good, and it's, it's obviously far more expensive to rent. I think they wanted to go first class, but I just don't know that there's enough, you know, I don't know that there's enough interest um, in it right now that, um, you know, they could do it. Because, I mean, the difference is it's not so much here, but like in Los Angeles, I mean, they were on, on broadcast TV getting huge ratings in the 90s, and now they're just Galavision. And um, the Galavision, my impression is that the Galavision um, wrestling isn't nearly as over as it was 15 years ago. Because 15 years ago, I used to, people used to talk to me about it all the time, and now, I mean, really nobody does. Too long. Well, they cut it to two hours recently, so but it was three hours for a long time. But I mean, when I was when when I'm talking about um, the early '90s, they were on three nights a week in. in um, I mean, they were done two nights in prime time, and then one was the Sunday. And um, I think I think two of the shows were two hours, and one of the shows were three hours, or maybe two of the shows were three hours, and one was two hours. But they were long. They were long shows. Of course, it was that was before the, the Nitro and um, and Raw period. So, I mean, the, the idea of seeing this big major arena mat, or event in front of, you know, eight to 10, 15,000 people on television with the big ring interest and everything like that, that was something that, that we had never seen in the United States. So they were like ahead of the times. Now, um, you know, and also they had all the great workers in those days. I mean, they just loaded. I mean, you'd go from the opening match to the main event. You'd have maybe one match that was not very good at all, you know, or maybe, you know, which often was the main event. But it had the heat, and then you had all that great work underneath. And now, you know, the work is just, it's not even close to what it was in those yeah. days. And the, the guy, the individuals aren't even close either. I mean, that, that stuff, 93, 94, that's some of the best TV ever. And I don't think it's ever going to be touched. Just Yeah, pure, yeah. The, the, the CM, CMLL, when it was really hot, you know, which wasn't all that long ago, you know, I mean, during the, you know, 2000, was like maybe 2006, 2007, um, and, and and the beginning of this year, I, it was. I mean, I, I thought that some of that was kind of similar to that, but um, I mean, not from an angle standpoint as much. But you know, it had that big show feel, and you had ten thousand people and the big entrances and everything like that. But you know, we saw so little of it. I'd only get the DVDs, you know, of it, you know, sporadically, and I liked it a lot. But you know, like uh, you know, here we don't, we you know, we didn't get the TV here at all. I mean, I guess I guess the Coliseo, Arena Coliseo Sunday stuff is on TV here, but. Um, on Fox Sports Espanol, but I don't get Fox Sports Espanol, so I haven't I haven't seen any of that hardly. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, not enough people get it. Now I, I I'm going to ask you: Do you get WGN? Uh, I would, yeah, I get WGN. Okay. Um, now it's it's only a matter of time since WGN is is put on some big vision entertainment shows that they're trying to get the NWA TV on there. Um, so I'm assuming you're going to cover the NWA TV when it eventually hits. I hope so. Again. Yeah, that'd be good. <clears throat> yeah, they. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really want to see them get something going. Just, just, I just want to see somebody get something going. Well, from what I hear, it's been different. So, um, you know, the three days of tapings have just, uh, you know, a, a completely different style of of stuff than than what you've seen today. Um, it's been compared to the WCW Nitro type of format. Um, yeah, well, Nitro had its, its good points and its bad points. So I don't. That's pretty. I don't okay, know if early, that's good or bad. Early Nitro, early Nitro. You know, I, I like. I, I liked early Nitro. Early Nitro was good oh, until they yeah. all got you know consumed with themselves and just absolutely ruined it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, Blue Demon worked the first night. He uh, 
he wrestled Oliver John, um, who's from up here. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen Oliver. Have you? I've seen, seen him many times. Yeah, Oliver John's yeah. a good worker, oh, good solid good. wrestler. And he was doing the uh, the Border Patrol gimmick, um, which was just off the charts. And uh, yeah, uh, Oliver impressed Jesse, where that uh, they're gonna they're gonna try to do something with Oliver, which is good. Um, that guy's got great facials, uh, really good body, you know, and he really takes care of himself. Yeah. You know, he counts his calories, and I mean, I was, I had dinner with him a few months ago, and he was there with his Weight Watchers counter. I'm like, dude, okay, wow. this is serious shit here. You know, it's, wow. you don't see guys on the Indies do that. You don't even see guys in the major leagues do it that that much. So I mean, a few guys, but not not a lot. There you go. Yeah, Oliver John actually is working a Jim War show this weekend against Dylan Drake. Um, mm-hmm. They're culminating their thing. Um, are you going out to Jim Wars this weekend? No, no, I haven't been to Jim. I haven't been to Jim Wars in a long, long time. I can't even remember the last time I went. 98? Maybe um, um, the last time I went was probably when Mariko Yoshida was there. Mm. So that's a long time go. ago. Yeah. Well, let's let's go back to '97 and '98, the uh, the the glory years of APW. Um, those were some fun shows, weren't they, Dave? Yeah, I went to those. I went to those like pretty regularly, actually, at that in that in that era. You know, when um, yeah, yeah, they actually there were some very good matches, and um, the atmosphere was awesome. Um, um, it was those were always fun nights. I mean, really fun nights, actually. Oh yes, the car ride to there, crossing crossing the Hayward Bridge, <laughs> and then the car ride at two in the morning after going to the Waffle House. Dude, all we could talk was you know modest. And and O'Grady, you know, going twenty five All Japan style, just yep. balls to the wall. Yeah, they 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 did that. They really got into that Japanese style, and that was really good stuff. Not just them. Donovan Morgan was was really good, and um, you know, Vic Grimes was different. You know, which was good and bad. You know, depending on the time and everything. He could have, you know, he could have made it. Every time I watch this, I see, you know, Vic Grimes could have made it, but you know, exactly breaks my heart. You know, Vic's a good good guy. You know, he's got a good heart, and it's just a shame. You mm-hmm. know, that spot should have been Vicks. But, you know, things happen and, and whatnot. But um, now, were you there for the the lost tape match, um, Mike Modest and Vic Grimes? I don't know. I, I mean, I saw Mike Modest Vic Grimes matches, but I don't know if I was at the one you're talking about. Okay. Well, this one, they can't seem to find the tape. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike put Vic through a he Vic took a door off the side of the wall and uh Mike gave Vic a T bone through it. Gave him an exploder right through it. And it was Yeah, I wouldn't have been that because I probably I'm sure I would remember that spot. I, I think I was maybe at a show right afterwards where people told me about it. Mm, yeah. That was the show with Ultimo Dragon Cito uh right well, I, I saw Ultimo Dragon Cito there. So maybe I was, I don't know. I, I remember Ultimo Dragon Cito at, at Jim Wars. Yeah. That was that was all one show, and mm-hmm. the um, uh, Ultimo Dragon Cito debuted, or he worked Taro from Pro Wrestling Gorilla. It was Taro's right. debut match, and I had Taro on the show, and I'm like, hey, brother, you know, I remember this match. He's like, whoa, you were there? That was my debut. Mm-hmm. And uh, Disco Machine was selling the gimmicks, and Ron Rivera was there, and the thing is, that tape's gone, and it's a shame because Vic and, Vic and Mike just tore it up. Mm-hmm. Mike being the anti-hardcore guy. And well, I remember that feud. Guy. You know, where I remember them doing that. Yeah, that was good stuff. Um, well, I I brought up Mike. Um, obviously, 
I'm partial. Mike is my favorite, favorite current and past pro wrestler. Um, what, what do you think of Mike? I always thought Mike was a good worker. I was I liked his stuff in Japan when he was you know with Noah you know when they were still giving them the push, and um, you know his Jim Moore stuff was real good. I, you know he, he unfortunately for him his you know I mean, there were a lot of things that happened, but you know his timing, his timing wasn't the best for the United States. You know it, it was, you know I, I I helped get them the tryout with WCW, and they liked you know him and um, Donovan and, and they they liked their work, but. They didn't like their bodies, so then they got and changed their bodies. And by that time, you know, I mean, Eric Bischoff liked Mike. I mean, and was going to give him a push, and then they then they went out of business, you know, right around that, right at that time, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then he went to Noah and worked the Tokyo Dome. So. Yeah, yeah. He did well. I mean, he did well in, in Japan for a couple of years. He was definitely, you know, you know. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, you know, it, that you know. So I mean, he, you know, he did well there, but I mean, he could have. He would have done well in WCW. I mean, under if, if Eric Bischoff would have kept that company going. I I know that. I know he would have been cruiserweight champion, and um, you know, I mean, you know, Eric, Eric liked Mike Modest a lot. I mean, just uh, certain things about um, how he worked. I mean, I just remember um, when when he did those tryouts with um, I think it was with Daniels, right? Where Daniels hurt his neck. Yeah. And um, and Eric was really raving about Mike more than more than Christopher Daniels actually. Wow. Yeah, Mike uh Mike is just uh within the last 6 months he's moved back to the Bay Area and he's working again. Yeah. So, you know, he's you know, he's working for uh Kirk White. Uh he's working for Gabe Ramirez. Mm-hmm. You know, he's working all over and he's back, you know, mm-hmm. and and that that's good for everybody at least up here in Northern California. Mm-hmm. Um I'm trying to get him to go down with Oliver to do the do the the border patrol thing instead of uh Derek Sanders and Nathan Rules, mm-hmm. just because Mike Mike and Oliver have that type of heat, and 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 you've seen Mike do the Border Patrol thing. Yeah, I have. So, you know, he, yeah, he knows how he knows how to play that role. He's he, he's a good role player, actually. You know, when he's when he's mentally into it, I think he's um, you know, he knows he he's got a certain natural working ability. You know, I think some people have that, and some people don't. Especially kind of old schoolish. You know, there's certain mannerisms. You know, where you can just see kind of a guy. Um, I don't even know how to explain it, but they they, they have that little thing, and, and you know when he 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 has the kind of the sneer and the facials and things like that to be a, a good heel. Well, he's naturally, you know, he, he's a sweet guy. I love Mike to death, but he can be a prick too. But that's outside of the ring, and then he he also is able to you know project that in the ring as well. Um, I mean, you the the promos at Jim Wars, unbelievable. Yeah, he did some good promos there. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and we all love to hate him. We all knew our role, but we loved watching him be a heel, and it was just so fun. And you know, I, I haven't seen anybody, at least on the independent scene, cut a promo like that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you see anybody out there in the indies that can cut a promo? I don't watch enough indies anymore. Or, I mean, okay. so I really can't answer that. I'm so busy with um, the stuff that I do watch that it's very hard for me to follow the indies now. I mean, I. Try to watch a little bit of Japan, you know, um, every week, and um, a little bit of Lucha, and you know, I mean, but you know, I watch all of WWE, and I watch all of TNA, and you know, Ultimate Fighter, and um, you know, and, and the big shows, and there's you know, there's one or two every week, it seems like. How about ROH? I watch. I mean, I watch. I watch. I watch some ROH. 
Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of ROH, so, you know, I, I haven't seen, um, you know, I, I mean, except for the stuff on the, you know, I've watched some of the video wire stuff um, in the last uh, couple of weeks, but I, I don't really have a feel for the changes yet because I haven't seen, I mean, I've read about them, but I haven't really seen them, so it's hard for me to really judge them. Yet. It's not yeah. drastic yet. You know, it's slow, but they're doing it properly because they mm-hmm. don't want to alienate their fan base. So well, they can't. Out. They can't afford to alienate their fan base. Yeah. I mean, that's that's it's a tough it's a tough situation that they're doing. I mean, I don't know about. Um, to me, I mean, I'm, I'm my mentality is is that if you promise someone like a a lights out match or you advertise a title match, you have to deliver. I mean, you have to deliver what you advertise. I don't mind dis- disqualifications in matches, but not in a no disqualification match. You know, it's like if you tell people you have a stipulation. To me, if you don't live up to the stipulation, you you know, I mean, I've seen promotions that don't you know live up to the stipulations and they survive, and you know, it's it's not the you know the the, the thing that's going to kill you or, or save you. I mean, those are what's going to kill you or make you are things much much more important than that. But to me, just my philosophy is is that as a fan, I just remember that when I would go to a show where they would say no disqualification and match in with the TQ, I would always feel like this is garbage. They lied to me, and I never liked that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's it's not right. You you don't advertise something, and I mean, you know, it's one thing if a guy misses a flight, that's fine. Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you know, yeah. This this whole thing with Nigel and that title, that's just not good. You know, it's burning bridges, and you really don't want to. Yeah, burn I I didn't I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. What they did on that show, I just thought that that um, you know, that's what Ring of Honor wouldn't do. You know, and I mean because. You know, the one thing, you know, with all the good and the bad that you could say about Paul Heyman is that, um, I mean, Paul Heyman and I both had that same, that, that philosophy, you know, was if you advertise a stipulation, you do the stipulation. And I mean, it means something. I mean, like he, you know, I mean, he did that thing with um, Axel and Ian Rotten, you know, that they would never team together when they lost. And I mean, you know, years later, he would, he was, I mean, they were never going to team together as long as he promoted that product. You know, you know, you know, that there was hell to pay. And I mean, and I remember the whole thing was, um, I mean, I'm not even sure where it came from, but it may have been um, when uh, they did, they did a Midnight Express, Midnight Express feud in um, WCW. And I think they had a match where um, maybe the loser of the fall had to leave town. And then like six weeks later, they brought, I think it was Dennis Condry, and they brought him back. And it just, and then no one cared after that. And And I just thought, you know, that's, that's kind of, you know, they, they didn't really have a good explanation, you know, as usual, you know, where they, you know, do something like that, and they don't even have a good storyline to bring them back. They just, you know, brought them back. And I just thought that, you know, why, you know, you, why dilute your stipulations when people go like, well, your stipulations don't mean anything, then your stipulations eventually do stop drawing. And that's, you know, even with good promotions, I have seen, you know, where people don't buy the stipulations, and um, so... At that point, what, what are you doing stipulations for if they don't buy them anyway and if they're not helping you draw? I mean, like, the whole the whole idea of stipulations uh, was to help build a house, not to just say, hey, I came up with this great idea that no one cares about and no one's going to pay money to see, but it isn't a great idea. It's like, uh, you know what I mean? It's like there's a reason. There should be a, a reason for everything that you do. I mean, there isn't now. Now people just do it to just to do, you know, it's like, well, We'll just put a cage match on television just because uh, we want a quarter-hour ratings, you know, boost or something. And it doesn't matter anyway because it doesn't boost the ratings anyway. Thank you for the rant on TNA. I appreciate it. That's that's WWE as much as TNA, both of them. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, WWE's done a couple of cage matches, and I mean, they're you know they did they had Jericho and then they had Punk. Um, I mean, Jericho with Batista and Jericho with Punk. Um, 
pretty similar. Like and and within a short period of time as well, you know. Um, well, I I loved the finish with Dave, Dave and Jericho. That I, I liked the finish with Punk. I thought the finish with Punk yeah. was great. Good. It kept everybody strong. No problem. Yeah. No problem. Um, okay, uh, we're gonna go back to APW. I'm looking at the King of Indies 2001. Um, I don't think there's ever been a show with that type of a lineup with talent as far as on an independent level. And I know that Roland had to have lost money. He oh, yeah, he lost money that weekend for sure. Yeah, he I remember I remember talking to him after the second night, and, I mean, it was very clear he'd lost money. But that was, um, you know, I mean, that was the show that, um, you know, it basically uh, started Ring of Honor. Was that was watch, Those guys watched that tape and just go, man, we could do this, and there's talent out there. And there really was. I mean, that was the one thing about going to that show because I had – you know, I had heard of all those guys, and I had seen, like, I had seen Brian Danielson, and I had seen Spanky when they started. You know, but but they had gotten so much better since I since then. And Joe, I mean, I, I'd seen Joe for years. As, you know, I saw Joe when he started, and he wasn't that good. And then I saw him, you know, where when he started going to Japan, where he improved a lot. So I knew Joe was good. Um, Christopher Daniels, obviously, I knew, and AJ Styles, I I only knew the name. I don't think. Um, well, he he worked some in WCW actually, so I had seen him, but he'd gotten a lot better since then. So it was the first I'd seen of like a real good AJ Styles, and um, Doug Williams, of course, um, you know, just very solid worker. Yeah, those two nights were um, they were they were awesome, you know. And I remember sitting there with um, Nick Bockwinkle and Red Bastine, so that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And they on the second night they had a 19 man battle royal, um, 18 indie goofs and Brian Alvarez. Mm-hmm. Now. Did Brian really get murdered in that battle royal as far as being pushed in the corner and chopped to death? Well, he chopped a couple of people, so they chopped him back, yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, he didn't get murdered that much, that bad because, um, I mean, we were, you know, we hung out. He wasn't hurting or nothing like that. <laughs> it's tremendous. 19 man battle royal. Yeah. Either one short or one too many. But yeah, <laughs> this, that show is just, just blow away. I mean, from the first match, Doug Williams, Adam Pierce. All the way down to the final, uh, American Dragon and Loki. Just you're, you know, you're right. RF Video was watching their tapes, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, just the talent. I mean, fucking a. I'm looking at all these guys, and you know, from top to bottom. And you even go back the year before. Um, they still, you know, they had eight guys. It was Modest Thompson, Morgan, Vic Capri from Chicago, Scoot Andrews, uh, Vinny. Uh, Daniels and Boyce Legrand. I mean, that's eight mm-hmm. top guys, you know, top indie guys. Um, plus, you had the Ballards on the show as well. Um, now, you saw Boyce Legrand when he first broke in with APW. Yeah, I saw him several times. Yeah, what did you think of Boyce? Um, I thought he had a lot of potential. I'm not sure exactly what happened to him. I just stopped seeing him at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, word has it that uh, he's... People are trying to find him oh. to get him back in the business. Yeah, because uh, you know he was he was good. I mean, even when he was a security guard at mm-hmm. Jim Wars, and you see him do springboards into the ring. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this kid's got to break in very soon. Yeah, he good. He was he was a good athlete. I mean, I I I liked him. He got good. He got fairly good fairly quick, actually. Yeah. Him and him and uh, Bomber as the new Westside players were really fine tag team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were really, really good. They had some good matches with Modest and Daniels. Well, how can you not? But uh, they had matches with the Ballards. 
How's How's Thompson doing? I haven't I haven't talked to him or seen him in a while. He's the head trainer for All Pro Wrestling. He's yeah. still working there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I haven't spoken to Bomber in a while. Um, I try to keep away. Um, mm-hmm. I don't get along with Roland, so mm-hmm. I try to keep my distance. And plus, I'm affiliated with other local companies. Um, now, did you watch the Fog City special from uh, Thanksgiving? No, I didn't. I um I didn't see that, and I actually w- wanted to um, see that. Well, and uh, and I think that they did it. Package, they... David. What? <laughs> I'll send it in your next package. Oh. Did, did you take the roller derby thing? Did they do anything with the roller derby? It was uh, it was two matches. Mm-hmm. Um, shit, I don't remember. I think I have it still. But yeah, I do have the um, the uh, the Fog City stuff. Um, what have you heard about this company? Not really much of anything. I mean, they they invited me to come down, and I I'd like to. I mean, in some point maybe I will, you know. But I haven't I haven't had a chance yet. Hmm. Rabid crowd. Good. Hot. Now, are they going to get on television on Channel 20? or it's good, That's, or? I don't know because the way I – okay, they're one of my sponsors, but I don't want to deal with the business shit, so they pay me and I put them over. Hmm. But um, the way it looked was the half hour was a paid program because mm-hmm. the only commercials were theirs. Mm-hmm. So judging by what ECW did, you know where that goes. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But they, they do have a good product. Uh, the first couple shows, they, they brought in the Samoans, uh, Murkishi, Alofa, um, Tonga Kid. Um, they popped good houses, 300 solid, packed into a, a club. Mm-hmm. Then um, since Rikishi is so busy in in Europe, they're only using Alofa now as far as with the Samoans. And, and that's a big man. He uh, He had a match with Raven, which was on that TV, which was really good. Um, they're using Raven again later on this month, so they're uh, he's working with a couple of the Reno kids, uh, Thornstow and Luster. So, but it's it's a it's a fun product. Um, it's different. So, it's different than anything up here, which mm-hmm. is good because there's there's the Gym Wars, which is you know Roland's thing. Then there's Gay Ramirez, which has got the lucha flavor, and mm-hmm. then Fog City, which is something completely different and that's fine mm-hmm. you know we're all winners for it so mm-hmm. <clears throat> now have you checked out uh gabe's promotion at all no i haven't okay yeah they're they're drawing rather well using uh ray senior and eo ray mm-hmm. so yeah they're they're what did they draw they drew 900 in san francisco that's good uh, that's real good 17, for right now 1700 in santa maria with them wow wow Probably because people thought, thought they were going to see Rey Mysterio. Well, they did. Yeah, yeah, I know, but <laughs> you can only do that. You can only do that once, unfortunately. Um, you know, I mean, it's a great, it's a great name to have Rey Mysterio, but people think it's a different guy. Yeah, I know. It's kind of messed up that. Well, see, the thing is, though, if if WWE kept the Junior on for for Rey on TV, then it would be different, wouldn't it? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not blaming Rey Mysterio for using his name. Oh, hell no! Shit, because because that's the name that he used, and he's the original, and all that. It's just that the fans who buy the tickets to see Rey Mysterio believe that they're seeing, you know, the guy from WWE. Unfortunately, you know who is who is a superstar. You know, especially in that community. Um, so that's kind of, um, 
you know, kind of a drag in some ways. I mean, so yeah, you can draw, but at the same time, you know, and then I don't, I haven't seen Hijo Del Rey's Mysterio um, since he started. I saw some stuff when he started. So, I mean, if he, if he's gotten really good, he might, you know, he's got a great name if he is, if he gets really good. I don't know how, you know, where, where he's at right now. He's got a lot of work to do. Yeah, well, I mean, he certainly did when I saw him. No, he's kind of plateaued. Oh, that's Um, not good. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like he's really working with, you know, top-notch guys. You know, there's, you know, in Mexico, you know, either they work for AAA or CMML, but these guys are independent. So there's really no one, you know, with the exception of, you know, L.A. Park or, you know, like Wagner other than that, you know, there's there's no one down there to work with, and he's not 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 improving because he's not working with better opponents. So, but you know, you never know, you know, what will happen because you you don't know who who Gabe's going to bring in or or anything because those two are the tag champs for Gabe. So, mm-hmm. I'm I'm hoping that they do uh, those two with Oliver John and Modest. So that would be <clears throat> money. But uh, now let's talk Florida. Kafu, when is he coming up? I have no idea. I would. I don't know. I haven't heard anything. I've, I've seen. Um, you know, I've seen the stuff in the last couple of weeks. I guess since they started TV. So I, I, I actually watch that TV pretty close right now. I mean, um, take notes and and watch it very close. So, um, it's you know I always like compare it to OVW, unfortunately, which you know. They had something really good in OVW originally, and and um, they let it get away, and and I don't think they'll ever be able to recapture it. Plus, the developmental just doesn't seem like the priority it once was, which is a shame because, you know, look if you take out the, the that period in developmental from OVW, and you take out Batista, John Cena, Randy Orton, um, you know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, I've, you know, Brock Lesnar came from there, um, although you know he's long gone. But you take out those guys that came. The big what? four, the big four, Dinsmore, Conway. Yeah, well, those guys, none uh, of those guys you know. ended up being big stars, but, but. Um, yeah, but, but it, hey, that was good TV. It was great television. It was, it was actually some of the best television there was at the time. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. what the thing where people t- say like, um, oh, Jim Cornette, you know, doesn't know how to write modern television. And I go, you know, I watched that OVW, and it was like that was, that was better modern television than anyone else was doing at the time, and it was one guy writing it with very little talent, you know, um, and, and making talent every week. And a lot of those guys, you know, did very, you know, got to be really good workers. And some of them, you know, like John Cena, you know, made it. And some of them, unfortunately, you know, were talented guys that lost their confidence and just got forgotten. And, you know, it's it's too bad. I mean, I I watched a lot of those guys get, get real good and then get real bad and then just kind of phased, you know, never make it. Yeah, I mean, I, I just watched the OVW August 2003 TV where they wrote out the Bashams, and that was on the that was on the fly. You know, that was like, hey, yeah. we have to do this now, and that's the way Cornette's mind works. Imagine if Cornette were booking the talent that TNA has, untouched. I, yeah, I, untouched. I yeah, I mean, he, he would have done, I think he would have done a great job. Um, I know he would have, actually, I know he would have done a great job. They, um but you know their philosophy is is what their philosophy is. Um, I'm not sure how it's supposed to work. I mean, I know that their idea, their 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 mentality is just that they're doing it for ratings. But I mean, the ratings are the same whether they have a good show or a bad show. You know, they're always in that, and they'll always be the same. That's, that's the audience for 
secondary wrestling, I guess. You know, no matter how good it is. So to me, it's like you, you know, instead of like, I, I don't know. I mean, they they do they do some things well, and I I do like their main event program right now. It's focused. It's better than it's been. I mean, there have been times where it's just been impossible to watch, and I certainly wouldn't say that's the case anymore. But um, yeah, I've watched a lot of bad TNA though over the years too. So yeah, yeah. Now, how would you compare the the weekly pay per view shows to to the current product for TNA? Oh, the current product's a million times better. The weekly, I mean, there were some times when the weekly pay-per-view shows were, were pretty fun, but to me, the best period of TNA would have been when they first got pay-per-view, because you had these guys that were hungry, and they were out there, and, and they made a rep for having great pay-per-views. And, you know, so, I mean, even this year, there have been some very good pay-per-views this year. You know, there have been a few bad ones, and a few, you know, it's like everybody. Really, really, you know, WWE, UFC, TNA, you know, everyone's had their great pay-per-views, and they've had their bad pay-per-views, and you just never know. And the lineup doesn't even you – know, with TNA, you kind of can tell with the lineup. WWE, sometimes the bad lineups end, end up surprising you and being good. Um, usually the good lineups end up being – WWE, you know, a good lineup ends up being good. UFC is a, a complete crapshoot because you could have a great lineup and not be good, and a lineup that looks poor that ends up being great, you know, just because you never know how the fights are going to go. But um, with TNA um, – yeah, I mean, usually when you looked at TNA and you saw the lineup, you could kind of figure out how it's going to be. The problem with the TNA is is that I, the stories to me, I mean, not the stories, but the um, talent to me doesn't advance. It's like you get some guys, you know, the same guys are in the first match that were been in the first match. It feels like forever. And whether they, they're, if they're good, they're still in the first match. And if they're, you, they're always good. I, I would say if they're bad, they'd still be. But, you know, if they're bad, they'll just get fired. I mean, that's the truth. So they're always good, but they never go anywhere. And it's kind of like, okay, you know, here we're going to see these guys. You know, like I watch Sanjay Dutt or Jay Lethal, and it's like, you know, sometimes they they can be really good, but it's like, so what does it matter? They're they're never going to get any, you know, in a different spot than they than they're in. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's a size issue, or they're labeled as quote unquote X division guys? Both, you know. Um, but to me, you know, you uh, I think that you if you if you give people a chance to move up and down the card, you have a lot more variety of what you can do. And then you don't have to do so many multiple man main event matches that mean nothing. And people kind of get rubs and, and, and some people are going to get over, you know, if they can work and if they can't work, you know, that's fine too. But I, I, I would like to see everyone get a chance to work with the top guys at different times. And, um, and, and just, and just to see, if some people can hang at the top level, I mean, like when Jay Lethal worked with Kurt Angle, and you know Kurt put him over, which was just stupid as hell because, you know, they had Jay back jobbing, you know, two weeks later or something. You know, I just thought, what, what the hell did they just do that for? Um, but I mean, the the idea of it was good. It was a nice pop when it happened. But the point is, is the match itself was a great match, and it's like, well, he could work with them, and you know, I mean, there is the size issue, but you know. We've seen Rey Mysterio get over real big. You know, Eddie Guerrero was not a big guy. Um, so sometimes I think that, that that size issue, if you put the guy in a position to succeed, some guys, even if they um, don't fit into your stereotype of what you think a top guy should be, if you give them the chance to succeed, some of them will succeed. And I think what, what bothers me is when um, they don't get that chance. Mm. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Um, that that was kind of kind of odd that you know <clears throat> Angle put him over, and the the thing is you know it's not like Angle's iron, ironclad like Michaels, you know Michaels can put over anybody in the world and still you know be way the fuck over. Angle, oh, Angle, you know, Angle, Angle, Angle can too. 
It didn't, really? It, it, you think he's at that at that stage? Oh in yeah, his career? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, because it didn't hurt Kurt. It doesn't hurt Kurt Angle if he loses. It, it doesn't hurt. It, I don't know that it hurts anyone today when they lose. The only problem is, is there's a flip side to that because it's like the big argument is, oh, you know, it doesn't hurt you when you lose, but you know what? But it also doesn't help you when you win. And so to me, I'm not sure that I don't that that it's not better if it hurts you when you lose and helps you when you win because then you can you know even though you might hurt someone, you can always bring them back by giving them a win. And you can make someone with a win, which now you can't make. It's so hard to make someone with a win because no one takes those results seriously. I think that's a real, you know, one of the things that's really, to me, kind of a downer about pro wrestling. So, you know, tonight on um, Impact, you know, Sting lost to Rhino. So that should be like a big deal, but it's, it's not going to make any difference. Rhino's not going to be any higher on the card, even though he pinned Sting with a gore clean in the middle. You know, it's clean, you know, pretty clean anyway. You know, I mean, there was a little distraction, but it wasn't even outside interference. Just gored him in one, two, three. And I'm thinking, like, why is Sting going down so easy? And it didn't really help Rhino in my mind. I thought it hurt Sting more than it helped Rhino. And but in the in the end, the reality was it didn't even make a difference because wins and losses don't make a difference today. And you know that's I think that's one of the reasons why um, you know UFC is is doing better in some ways than um, than WWE and, and pro wrestling is because wins you don't know who's going to win or lose, and, and and in pro wrestling you don't either because they 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 keep things you know kind of unpredictable, but. In UFC, if a guy wins, you know he can become a star and he's going to move up the card, and a superstar may move down the card and things like that. Whereas with WWE and, and TNA, it you know a win doesn't necessarily move you up the card, you know, and um, and or make you a star in one match. Um, not not that one always does in UFC, but it's it's more. It, it, it's 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 a it, you know you you're in um, you're somewhat in control of your destiny. I mean, if you're if you perform in a certain manner. You'll get over. Whereas in um, in uh, you know WWE, there's that thing where they don't you know if you you know you you're you're limited because they only let certain people be stars. Yeah, that's well, that's the way it's going to be because that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. You know, because they pick it, they pick apart everyone's faults in the you know in their in their backstage meetings, and when they do that. Then you know, you know, young guys are always going to have those faults. They're never going to be as experienced and as 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 good as the veterans in in certain aspects of wrestling. But you know, since the beginning of time, that's been the case. But there's always been a movement. Like if you get a really good athlete, you come in there and you you set them on fire. And 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 if they're got a little bit of charisma and a little bit of athletic ability, they'll you know and can talk a little bit, or or just are pushed right, they can get over. I mean. You know, Bill Goldberg, like if Bill Goldberg were to come along right now, okay, I don't know that he gets out of developmental. And if he does get out of developmental, they start beating him right away. And guess what? You know, Bill Goldberg carried a company for a year and, and could have been, you know, and part of it was him, but a lot of it was how it was, was, you know, the company was just so screwed up. But Bill Goldberg could have been, you know, the, you know a Steve Austin or a Bruno San Martino or, you know, you know, a real long-term superstar for this industry. And... If a guy like that came today, he would not even become a star. He wouldn't even become a star because they would never let it happen. They would just pick apart and just go, he's too green, you know. Yeah, it's, there, there's never going to be another, you know, there's never going to be another Goldberg. There's never going to be another Andre. That, that's it. There's no more. But, you know, we do have our DVDs to watch. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dave, I'm on the phone with you instead of watching Impact. Yeah. So... You know, I mean, there's a reason my show's on Thursday, so I yeah. don't have to watch Impact. But, Mr. Meltzer, it was my pleasure having you on. 
Oh, thanks uh, very much. Um, WrestlingObserver.com, $10 a month. Get the Observer online. You don't have to wait. It's yeah. pretty simple, guys. Uh, Mr. Meltzer, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. And You're very welcome. I do appreciate you guys uh, You guys putting in the links for my shows on the Friday updates. I really appreciate it. Okay, cool. Awesome. Thanks for coming on, Dave, and hopefully we can have you on again. Okay, cool. All right, Thank very you. welcome. All right. Okay, that was the Wrestling Observer himself, Mr. Dave Meltzer. That was a fun little conversation. We were all over the place, as usual. Um, I'm going to have to say Dave is a lot like me. We both have... Uh, you know, ADD. We're all over. But uh, I have to cut it out early tonight. Uh, my wife is dragging me because it's uh, Lawrence Fishburne will be making his debut tonight on CSI. So uh, I'm going to cut it out early. Uh, once again, WrestlingObserver.com or Figure4Online.com, whichever one you want. Uh, they've merged. So go out of your way. $10 a month, you get the Observer online. Uh, you also get the Figure4 newsletter, which is also a brilliantly written uh, Newsletter by Mr. Brian Alvarez. Well, I've had Dave on the show. Brian, what's your excuse? Um, let's uh, plug our sponsors, WrestleWarehouse.com. Uh, go out of your way to check out the Michael Modest shoot interview. Um, I discussed it earlier. Uh, it's good stuff. The Ballard Brothers shoot interview was fun stuff as well. Uh, you can get SoCal Pro Wrestling DVDs. Anything from this year with Adam Pierce, good stuff. Um Masks, Lucha masks, uh, WWE swag. Uh, just a, a little uh, <clears throat> shout out, hey, buddy Wayne. Much love, uh, buddy. Placed an order today at Russell Warehouse, so I really appreciate that. Uh, it's cool. And FogCityWrestling.com, Fog City, December 13th at the DNA Lounge in South Market in San Francisco. Uh, Raven will be in a handicap match against uh, two of the Reno Scum. And the Pick Your Poison match with Big Baby Slim from San Diego taking on Dylan Drake, San Francisco Zone. Uh, should be a wild match. Uh, also, for those those of you in Northern California, um, I don't put over APW, but this Saturday, Jim Wars, uh, we have uh, Dylan Drake taking on Mr. Old School Oliver John. Um, they're, they've been going back and forth, and they're tearing it up out there in Hayward. Um, AllProWrestling.com. Um, that was for you, Marcus. Much love, baby. Got to put your shit over too, bro. Uh, you can hit us on MySpace, MySpace.com backslash RubberGuardRadio. You can email me directly, K-I-D-Z-O-M-B-I-E-2000 at AOL.com. Um, also, I am the newest member of the podcast radio network. Everybody loves Terry.com or uh, I don't remember what the other one is, but everybody loves Terry.com. Check us out, man. There's a bunch of different shit up there. Uh, Big D from the AngryMarks.com. Got to put you guys over too. Uh, Big D's back on the air on Wednesday. Uh, excuse me, on Tuesdays. And also tomorrow, my man turns 37. Happy birthday, Big Ed in San Antonio. Much love. I'll have to call in tomorrow from work to uh, wish you happy birthday. But uh, if I don't, take care and drink a lot, my brothers. And I will be talking to you guys next week. Uh, next week we'll have on Antonio Thomas and Romeo Roselli, the heartthrobs, and Damian Dragon from East Coast Independence. So uh, we'll be talking to you guys next week. Later.